Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Episode of one of these years. I'm, of course, Nick Bumgarner, along with Colton Pouncey. Colton Lions, whew, playoff situation around the bend here, I guess. We'll see. A lot to talk about today. Of course, we'll start out our thoughts, of course, are with uh, the Bills, DeMar Hamlin, and his family, uh, as are the entire football world. Uh, Lions this week, as, as many teams did. I believe Colton talked about how they um, spent some time talking about all that, uh, talking about the situation. Um, Talking about well, how it made him feel, everything else. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I know for me it was hard to watch. I don't want to really get into this without maybe touching on that because I think that that that's important. That was something that um, touched on everything this week in football. So, um, first of all, how are we doing? And second of all, any thoughts on that before we get going here? Yeah, doing good. Uh, that was a scary situation in Cincinnati mm-hmm. the other day. Um, I wasn't watching it live, but uh, quickly saw it on Twitter, and honestly, yeah. like. It was it was terrifying. You 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 didn't know his status. You didn't know how he was going to come out, pull out. Um, players around the league reacted. You saw it. Um, we mm-hmm. had locker room access with the Lions yesterday, and a lot of players were talking about it. Um, I spoke with Isaiah Bugs uh, on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and he just said it's one of those situations that kind of reminds you the reality of football, and that basically right. every time they suit up, how however small, it, there's still a possibility that something like that can happen to you, and right. it's scary because those guys have families, they have kids, they have wives, and you know, it's just a reminder of, you know, how fragile uh, this game is and, and how dangerous it can be. So that's definitely on the minds of players. Uh, you know, there sounds like uh, the Lions addressed it when they got to the mm-hmm. building, um, you know, had a little team prayer and yep. kind of moved on as best as they can because uh, they've got a big game they have to worry about. But certainly thoughts and prayers out to DeMar Hamlin and his family. And um, sounds like it's getting a little bit better. Yeah, it does. Like sounds like it, yeah. Keep hoping. Yep. Yep. Keep hoping. So uh, absolutely, we'll keep our we'll keep him in our thoughts and the family as well. But uh, as we move forward here, of course, Lions, uh, as Dan Campbell did say, um, a lot going on here, and Lions are embracing it. Colton as forty-one um, ten over the Bears. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, not surprising that they beat the Bears at all at this point. But again, I think that we've talked about this: how a team handles, uh, you know, each situation along the way, sort of speaks to who you are and you know whether or not the Lions you know they need some help now of course the things need to go a certain way for this to work out but whether or not they make it in uh, to the playoffs this they they're playing like a playoff team right now I think that's kind of well, I think what I would say as this thing is wrapping up and really I guess the thing to touch on before we even get in and break this thing down um, the biggest thing the biggest takeaway from Dan Campbell's entire after the game there was that he said, and it was I thought it was a little bit of bragging. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. But he did say when asked, you know, Brad Holmes and I had a plan when we got the job two years ago that, you know, entering the third year, we were going to have a team that was capable of contending for the division. And they have that. That's real. And, buddy, that, that was easier said than done. We'll say that. And 
wow, here they are. He admitted it in public, I think, for the first time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think yeah. Holmes probably was too thrilled with that. But at this point, I don't think Holmes cares because he's probably used to just working with Dan. So do, what, were you guys a little surprised by that? Did you Were you surprised to hear him say that out loud? I wasn't yeah, at this point, he's, but, like, you know, you never know with him. You know, you know Campbell's, like, honest, and sometimes he's honest to a fault, but uh, uh, yeah. he did say the quiet part out loud. I think it's something that we <laughs> right. all kind of figured. Like, this was... When you when the when the owner comes out mid season says this was a complete teardown was going to take time I think that alone should tell you like this was yeah. a multi year process but right. for him to say by year three specifically I thought that was interesting I thought it was cool I thought it was you know come out and say it like you right no one would, I'm not going to fault you guys for, for having a vision and a timeline for getting exactly. this thing back on track because it was it was bad I mean I wasn't around <laughs> for that but you guys have talked about it so much it was bad so. Um, I thought it was interesting that he came out and said it after that game, and I think he was feeling it a little bit. You know, that was the last home game of the year. Um, You know, they bounced back the way they did. Um, Mm -hmm. They still kept their playoff hopes alive. So I think he was, you know, at this point, whether you make the playoffs or not, you you, like this season was a success. You know, they set themselves up for 2023 to be competitive in the NFC North to maybe win the division. And so I think he wanted to address that and say, look, we're right on track. We're right on schedule. Yeah, the, the, I I looked at this game as like the last the games leading up to that Panthers game was the Lions sort of like giving themselves a pretty good idea of what their identity is. Then they got shook a little bit in that Panthers game. This was you know who you are now. I think that was that was what I kind of took away from Dan Campbell. Full confidence in like this is who we are. This is who we are. You are going to have to you know deal with certain things when you play us you are going to have to solve certain problems when you play us because we are now not just a group of like super young talented kids and a bunch of nothings we're actually a group of like still super young talented kids but also a bunch of guys who maybe you've underrated maybe you've cast it off and it's a pretty good young football team and I think that that's kind of where they're at full stop there's no mystery anymore there's no like Oh, are they that or this or whatever? I, I think we kind of know now, right? Like, I think we kind of know what they are. Do we not? Yeah. They're right in the middle of the pack. That's what they are right now. I mean, I think Dan said in the locker room, we got our identity back um, yeah, after that Carolina 100%. game. Like, I'm sure it's natural to say, okay, was this just a fluke? Was this run? You know, how are we going to crumble up, like down yeah. the stretch of the season? But that didn't happen. They bounced back the way they needed to against, you know, a bad Bears team. But they dominated. They took care of business. They won 41-10. Um you know, they sacked Justin Fields like what seven, eight times and crazy eight like times. that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like the rookies all played well. Um, offense was humming. Like you got back to your identity and what you did well. Um, mm-hmm. so I think he, that was encouraging for him to, for him to see. But at the same time, like again, for me, everything the rest of the season sets them up for next year. Like the, even this last game right. against the Packers that we'll get into, um, just playing a game like that in Lambeau, you know, Sunday night with the right. lights on you, your first primetime game of the season. You know, everyone wants to see how this team's going to respond, how they're going to react, whether the playoffs are on the line or not. So, again, each week it's like a new test. And I think last week Campbell specifically was, you know, encouraged by what he saw. It was another pass, te- you know, test pass yeah. there. So, um, I think he liked it. Those those games like that are, in so many ways, like as important um, for young teams as this next one, um, the Bears game. I mean, because like. That's those are easy games to blow. Those are easy games to lose because, like, the we've talked about this so many times on the show. Like, the margin between crappy and pretty okay is not that wide, and the margin between okay and good is not that wide. 
Like, it's any given Sunday or whatever, right? The old movie. I mean, it can happen. And you saw in the first quarter of that game, Fields goes a little wild. They get feeling themselves, and all of a sudden, this thing's a mess. Like, this team is beyond that. They've graduated beyond, I think. We've thought that for several weeks, and fans, I think, uh, needed to be more convinced, which was fair. But, like, I think that's the ultimate point here, is that they've graduated beyond the, we're going to screw around here uh, and like blow it against a team that we have no business losing to in a really important game. When they lost to Carolina, like we talked about, that was a hungry team that was fighting for their lives, and they just got out scrapped. And this mm-hmm. was not that they bounced, but this would have a loss or a loss or even frankly a close game against Chicago, right? I think would have been kind of yeah. like a challenging because they they're a mess. They're a total mess. They are in. Let's just lose so out hope, and hope Fields doesn't get. <laughs> you know, injured or something. It's Nathan Peterman season now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I hope so. For Fields' sake, for God's sake. Yeah. They were zone reading him in the second half, and I'm just like, get him out of the game. What are you doing? Oh, my God. But anyway, like, this was a game that you had to really – I told you in the the press box, I was like, this is a take-out-the-trash game. They are trash. Take them to the curb and throw them in the dumpster. Like, and they did. That's what they did the whole game, full stop. Yep. Uh, I mean, I was – I don't want to say I was surprised, but after the first quarter, you know, you're wondering, it's creeping in a little bit, just like, yeah. is this going to be one of those games? That's, yeah. I still thought the Lions were going to win. I never thought they were going to lose. It's just like, you had to wonder in the fourth quarter, if it got right. late in the game, you know, how's that going to play out? But didn't even get to that point. Like, they turned things around in a hurry. Um, man, to go 41-10, like, people were leaving. I saw, like, early in the fourth quarter. I was <laughs> right. like, all right, wow. enjoy. Happy New Year, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, is, right. this, is, this is a little different, right? Um so yeah, I mean they took care of business against a team that they absolutely should have. Um, I think Campbell said it. You know, we got off the mat. Um, yeah, totally. we got up off the mat. That's something that they wanted to see, um, and now it sets you up for a pretty important game uh, this this next week. Uh, but in the meantime, like there's so many bright bright spots oh, from yeah. that game, like from the young dudes, the young defensive ends, uh, James Houston, just like bending his way and taking down a tackle like without even touching the quarterback. <laughs> You know, that was, that was absolutely hilarious to see. Um, you know, Aiden's doing his thing. He's just, like, playing a cornerback now. Apparently, he can just play every position on the field. Um, so, uh, right. So, the rushing attack got back on track. That was something that Campbell yeah, wanted to see. Right. He's been saying it for weeks. Like, we've been off our game. we got to get back to what we've been doing well. Right. And I they rushed for, like, 200-something yards. And, absolutely, you know, yeah. And really, really dominated the day on the ground. So, a lot of positives from that one. I think you can take some of that in the next week. And these guys mm-hmm. have momentum. And... You know, they're not afraid of Aaron Rodgers, and they want to kind of no. show what they can do with Sunday Night Football. That, and that's a time slot that they wanted, by the way. You should talk oh, about yeah. that, just the fact that they were pushing for the Sunday Night game. Some people wanted it at 425, same yeah. time as the Seahawks. I get that. But they wanted, the whole reason for wanting Sunday Night is to show how far they've come. They were the only team in the NFL that did not have a primetime game coming into the season. Right, right. They have Thanksgiving. That's not really the same. This is like finally their chance to show how far they've come, winning seven of the last nine and going to Lambeau and trying to knock off Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, that's all a result of what they've been doing the past nine, ten weeks or so. And I think it's I think it's really cool and um, just who Dan Campbell is, but like it's not surprising in any way. But like, like you said, it, it there is a scenario that exists that they enter that game and they are out, right? Like they they might not, yep. regardless of the outcome. But that to them, like, because he got asked about that, and he was like, "That doesn't matter. Like, we are. This is for. This is a playoff game for us. (laughs) Period. End of story. This is a playoff game for us today. Like, I don't care what happens beforehand because we are going to go find out. Because the Packers need to win to get in, no matter what. 
right? Like that's the situation mm-hmm. for them. So he is mm-hmm. saying like, this is it, guys. This is well, I mean, it's one game season. Doesn't matter what happens if we if we uh, win this thing and we don't get in, whatever. Then we're going on the off season. We're loving every second of having the time of our life. Is that what he said? Like that to me is uh, yeah. really cool because it's exactly what you said, Colton. It's this is now about them more than it is about anything else. And I think that this is kind of the first time that it's been like that in a long time, where like you've been. They've played against good teams and good spots and that needed wins, and they've just been like, "Well, if we, we'll bite their kneecap and see if we can trip them or something," you know, on their way to, we'll see if we can stumble them on their way to something better, right? Like, no, this is like their opportunity, like you said, on national TV, you're going to get talked about well for three and a half hours, right, by the the guys on the broadcast and the gals. Everyone's going to showcase you, and you know, you're if you load the wagon and go play. Everything is going to be fine. And, like, I think that that's the way to do it. That's the way to embrace it. And I would be shocked if they don't play hard. I don't know about well, but, like, I'd be shocked if they don't have steam coming out of their ears when that ball kicks off on Sunday. You could see it yesterday, just talking to Campbell. I mean, you know, for 10 minutes, whatever it was. Nope. No doubt. And, like, I've seen some people, a lot of people, I guess at Seahawks Twitter, I've been kind of lurking over there, and they're just worried <laughs> that. So, basically, if the Seahawks win. Um, yeah. The Lions are eliminated from playoff contention. And that will, so we'll know before the Sunday night game. Right. So Seahawks fans are worried that the Lions won't play hard if they know that they're not going to make the playoffs. And that is just absolute nope. bullshit. Not happening. <laughs> it's like you don't know what's been what's going on over here. Like that's not Campbell style. Yeah. That's not anything you're hearing from players in Allen Park this week. Like they want to go out and they want to win this game. It's not mm-hmm. just like we're not just going to lay over for the Packers, let Aaron Rodgers get in the playoffs. Like Right, they kind of remember Aaron Rodgers making some comments about the midseason. Yeah, like, like we should not have lost to a team like that. <laughs> like they remember that James exactly. Houston's like, yeah, he made he had a little comment. He, we remember that, and Dak was saying the same <laughs> Just, thing. I think so. Like, these guys, yeah. like, yeah, I don't. They're not going to roll over for the Packers. They're going to no. go out. They're going to try to kick their ass. Like that's football. Because also next year they're all going to be here. Like most of these guys yes. that we're talking about, and next year is what we're talking. Like that's what we open the show with. That's what Campbell was talking about Sunday after the game, like, we are not going anywhere. I don't care if we get in <laughs> tomorrow or this week. Like, that's what he was pretty much saying. I don't care, really, if we yeah. get in. We weren't supposed to. Like, this was – and that really is. We talk about – we said that a couple weeks ago. There's really no such thing as house money in the NFL, and that's really yeah. true. And I would agree with this one, too. You need, you know, it's an opportunity. You take – if you take advantage of it, you get on a roll. And like we've talked about, you go end your playoff drought right now. Like, you have the momentum. But whatever. I mean, like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. If, especially if it's out of your hands, right? If it's just one yeah. of those things, you know. And next year becomes your focus. And all these guys that are now, that we're about to talk about in a second, all these guys are so young. And you know yeah. who, you know what the core of the team is going to be. And, like, that I think is, yeah, they did hear him say, we shouldn't have lost to a team like that. We did hear him say... <laughs> Uh, every week on McAfee's show about how we were at rock bottom after we lost to the Lions and really we're doing some soul searching. <laughs> like, yeah, they heard all of it. Like, I mean, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And like, if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there next year, it's going to be the same thing again. So I, I totally agree. I think this is a, uh, they wanted this badly, I think, to be exactly this, right? Sunday night, there is no Monday night game in week 18, right? That doesn't exist. I don't think so. Yeah. This was the last one. They wanted the last one going into whatever comes next, and they got it. But let's talk about this one, this Bears game, before we move on and talk yeah. about this next one here. Because you did mention 
uh, several guys flashed and showed up, especially the defensive ends. That's where I want to start. Uh, Todd Wash actually yesterday talked a little bit about, um, com- uh, he was asked about comparing him to Yannick Ngakwe, James Houston being the him here. Um, and, you know, that's that's a good one. Um, I've looked at some of these other guys that, you know, Denver has tried to transition Baron Browning into that edge rusher. I don't, I don't know if James Houston totally has a comp, uh, but like the Lions have found something, I think, Colton, correct? This is now, I guess, I don't know what he ended up with, two and a half or three sacks in this game, whatever the official box was. They gave him three. They gave him three? So now he's he's got more sacks than Aiden. He, he, leads, <laughs> he leads all rookies in the NFL in sacks, right? He's messing up correct. my midseason prediction. By yeah, the way, I, mean, I, I said Aiden Hutchinson will lead all rookies in sacks, and here comes James Houston <laughs> and out of nowhere to take that title. <laughs> and he has played, I got it here, he has played 110 snaps on the year. <laughs> and he has eight sacks and 15 pressures. He has 15 pressures and 82 pass rush snaps. Okay, It's funny, though, when you look at the guys that he's like compared with with eight sacks, they all have triple the amount of right. snaps as him. Aiden has almost 1,000 snaps on the year. <laughs> And Houston has more sacks than he does. But, like, that's – I mean, this guy, Colt, I, I think that we've now seen – Wash was joking yesterday about, you know, maybe it took me a long time or whatever to figure out how good he was. And I think that, look, like, it was, it's good to hear when the staff does that. Because I think that's probably, part, that's probably partly true. You know, who knows how much of it was. But also, to be fair – you know, when the summer started and the spring started, he was way, way behind. And they were trying to do, I think, different stuff with him. And yeah. somewhere along the way, maybe it was Taylor Decker or somebody else went to them and said, stop it, put him on the line. He's kicking my ass every day in practice. He will do it to 80% of the tackles in this league. And that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. And boom, it takes off. I mean, it's been great for him and, and the whole team. It's funny, though, because like when you're watching him in training camp and even the preseason a little bit when he got some snaps, it's like, I don't know. I think I wrote in my notes like he's not an NFL player right now. Like not ready. He's yeah, not going to make the roster. He's not ready. And I was like, they, I hope they can find a way to keep him on the practice squad. Uh, that's that's what they wanted. But I also wasn't sure if he was. I don't know. Amazing. But he ended up when on the practice squad. They they were able to stash him. Um, <laughs> and I, I I meant to like I would talk to him a little bit even before he kind of got into the rotation. He right. would say, you know, I'm coming along. Uh, just got to keep my head down, keep working. And it was like a gradual thing. Like you would hear guys like Taylor Decker say, uh, yeah, like we had to get this guy more snaps because he was beating me. He's beating Panay. Um, right, right. Like around the edge, like often. And often. Like he's giving us a yeah. good look. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Not once really in a while. Look. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, often. Um, so he was giving us a really good look off the edge. And, you know, <laughs> I think they went to some of the coaches like, hey, it's time to get this dude more snaps. We got to get this mm-hmm. kid up. And so we saw it in the the first game. I think that was uh, the Thanksgiving game, right? It was his first yep, one. Yeah, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what a debut for, for him there. But to just continue on, like, it's one thing to have one game like that and show some promise. That would even be enough to kind of say, okay, you know, let's keep him around for next year. Even if it was just that one game. Yeah, he kind of right. Went off exactly. Like, he's done this each week. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just continued to, to up his sack total, uh, continues to make these these plays where you're just like, how is this guy not playing earlier? But there is a process right. to this. And um, some guys develop, you know, slower than others, faster than others. And he was a guy that needed to take his time. Um, yeah. And even to where he is now, I think he played a career high in snaps this past week. He did. Um, yep. He might have had like 30 snaps. Yep, 33. Yep. And playing some more against the run. Playing more against the run, too. Yeah. Kind of using mm-hmm. him, you know, in a pass rushing package before. And in coverage. So, and in coverage. Slowly working mm-hmm. him in and. 
I mean, that's a testament to where, how far he's come. Oh, in, in the yeah, uh, yes. Of time. Like he's just developing at a rapid pace, and you don't see that often. And not, let alone a six round pick, right? Right. Like, this is yeah. The wash expectations. Wash said it uh, that there was some shock there for the whole group. Yeah, you know the, the staff, Absolutely. and I think that's fair to say because yeah, I you know <clears throat> look when they cut him, it was like I was surprised a little bit that they cut him because. I bet there was a long, what is that period of time when you have to wait before, you know, what the, well, I don't know how long that is, like 48 yeah. hours, whatever it is. I'll bet yeah. Brad Holmes was like, oh shit. Like if we lose Sweating this it. guy, <laughs> if we lose this guy, like this is not good. Like, because there's a potential here and you know how that's, that's how he thinks. That's all Holmes. Sometimes it's too much that way. Right. Sometimes he thinks about the future or the long term. I think of a guy too much and it influences, but like this one. I think, you know, he was probably like, okay, I'll give you, it's probably a hard, that's probably a hard fight too, I'll bet. You know, thinking back, like, because the coaches are saying, I'm sure he's not ready and I'm not given a spot. I'm not taking, um, you know, whatever, John Kaminsky's spot. Because that's what it would have been, right? I'm not taking John. I would have been shocked if he made the roster out of camp. I would have been shocked personally. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm not taking John Kaminsky's spot and give it to this guy just because you think, that he's going to be a star in time. I can't do that. Like that's because the coaching staff is built the way it is. And they have that relationship with the players. We've talked about that, you know, back in camp. And I think it was a struggle then guys that are now, you know, if he played better today or last week, but if he is a guy that made the team and it's like, I don't know, man, that's a hard sell to the locker room because he didn't do anything in camp. He was hurt. He didn't practice. So like, you get it, right? You get why those decisions happen. But Oh man, they were probably like, Oh God, he has got to make it through. (laughs) Because we just got to get him settled down and we got to figure out how to get confidence in him. And then that's all it is. Because, you know, Wash sort of admitted to it. They were trying to work him at that Sam linebacker, which he's doing now. He's doing everything now. But they were trying to work him at Sam linebacker and rush end, and it just didn't work. Uh, I think Jackson State actually nailed it with him. Uh, you know, credit to Dion and his staff because he left Florida. Colton, you remember, and he was an inside linebacker. He was a out of he was like a fish out of water a little bit, but he made plays. He was just like he would he would just forget his assignment and just rip at the ball and just be like, holy shit, this guy's cut like a shot out of a cannon. He goes to Jackson State, they move him, and they just say, line up, get on the line, and just go get the quarterback. And he had like 20 sacks or something stupid like that. Uh in yeah. FCS. Is that what it was? 20, 18 and a half? Some, 18 and some, like 24 tablets for loss. Like yeah, that. and like and I'm like yeah. I'm like 40 snaps on the field or something stupid <laughs> like that. So you get him up here, and I think they again they tried to overload him too much, strip it all back, just get him down on hand on the dirt and just go pass rush. And you've seen little by little, it started with just bull rush around the edge and beat guys with your speed. We've saw that little juke move that he had. Now you get the cross chop in there. Now you see the bend. Now you see him drop in coverage and make a play. Like, this is a really good, instinctive football player who mm-hmm. needed a minute. And, like, that's why I really like this coaching staff. And I like the GM and I like the mix because not a lot of franchises, you know, like, invest all the way like that. They don't. When you cut a guy, you cut a guy, he's gone. And, yep. you know, it's it's more modern. We see it more nowadays. But, like... That's why I think these guys have a chance because he is the great example. He could be a pro bowler. James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson now, if you look at this, could be a an outstanding like duo for 10 years if you want, yeah. right? Like six-round pick that you cut. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that, right? I think that's pretty cool. He's a perfect example of 
football being so much about situation, being yeah. so much about timing. And we've talked about that before. Um, but even a situation going from Florida to Jackson State hmm. um, and developing into the player he was. And even then, he, it was only good enough to get him drafted in the sixth round. Right. And that's yep. not, you it's know, not guys great. taking in that, that range. Like, yeah, he got cut. <laughs> they're they're at they're at the mercy of getting cut, and he right. got cut. Um, he was lucky enough to stay stick around the practice roster, and I don't I don't think that was ever up for debate. They were going to bring well, him back right? No could. way. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But but still, like you didn't know what his career would look like. So many sixth, seventh round guys just never make in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just a dude that just needed a little bit more time. Um, yeah, got into a good situation with the team that believed in his traits, and you know, Campbell. I remember talking about he was talking about him in uh, in training camp saying. He's physical. We like what he brings to the table. Um, we just got to develop him a little bit more. And he was saying that back in August. And he knew probably that he wasn't going to make the team. But if he uh, stuck around and, and kept taking the coaching and um, yeah. you know kept his head down and worked, he would get his opportunity. And he got it Thanksgiving. And he's just taking it and run with it. And now he looks like a future p- part of this team, um, yeah. a guy that you can pay with with Aiden Hutchinson and you know form this incredible young duo that you have. And you know, I still wonder what his you know ultimate ceiling is, but right, I, I don't know. Right, about yeah. later, just get him into yeah. the mix. Like anything you're getting from him now as a six round pick is it's great, great yeah. value. It's great value. Mm-hmm. They've gotten two of those guys. Malcolm Rodriguez, he's already given you more <laughs> than you thought you were getting. James Houston's already given you more than you thought you were getting. Like they've Brad Brad Holmes's eye. Like we talked about this when they traded Hawkinson. That's probably why he just wanted these picks and say, "Let yeah, me cook. Just let, let me, me do my yeah. thing." <laughs> I will find guys that will help this team, and he's done that. So some guy tweeted. Houston's story is really great. It's perfect. It's like the Brad Holmes. It's sort of like you know. It's kind of like indicative of Holmes, like you just said. It Malcolm and uh, Houston are kind of like two of the quintessential Holmes draft picks. Somebody tweeted at me and was like, "I don't know why people were so mad that we didn't draft uh, Thibodeau. We uh, drafted Aiden, and then we got uh, KT in the sixth round when we drafted." <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. I don't know if it's quite the same. But also, like, that you bring up the point, Colton, we don't know what the ceiling is. Because, like, I don't even know – the Lions staff doesn't even know what his ceiling is yet. Like, that's literally what you heard from Todd Walsh yesterday. Like, he's like, we're just going along for the ride here. We're (laughs) trying to get him pointed in the right direction every day. And every day he comes in here, he gets better. And I think that's what – I wanted to transition this into kind of a conversation also about – Aiden and Iffy and some of the other young guys that played well too in this game, but Aiden specifically, and I think Houston has some of this too that we've seen. Aiden Hutchinson is is the great example of a guy who just gets better every time you see him play. There's something that he does that you're like, oh, that's better than it was the last time. Houston, I think, has a little bit of that too, but you see these guys now inching up. Like that's what I call it, inching up every day. Like every time you go out there. There's like a handful of things you're better at than you were the last time. That's how Aiden Hutchinson was his entire college career at Michigan. That's how he's been the entire season here in Detroit. And I think that Houston has some of that because there's this like ability to learn, right? That that self-correct, you know, like if you make a mistake or you see something or you see how somebody reacts, Hutchinson's one of the best I've seen as a young player, ever, you know, anywhere. And I think that's that's an intangible that you can't really match or measure, but it's like that. I see how he reacted to that. I'm not going to do that again. Hutchinson, I think, has – or I'm sorry, Houston, I think, has a little bit of that. Hutchinson, I think, has a lot of that. And the Lions have found some of that, I think, across the board in several areas that we've seen flashes of. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's part of the Yeah, I think they try to find that. Finding guys that are quick to process, that take coaching well, that can self-correct the way that they do, Mm -hmm. and and 
be better the next time they take the field. You know, we've seen that so often with some of these rookies. So Houston's definitely in that conversation with, with Hutch. I know you tweeted a couple of clips of Aiden yep. kind of learning throughout the way. Um, Man. Especially in that Bears game. Right. You know, keeping fields. fields contained. Um, you know, making it difficult for him. So that's yeah. they've got some of these dudes that are smart young players. They're only going to get better over time. Yep. Like, like when they learn more about the league and how offenses are trying to attack them, they're only going to get better. So that's kind of the encouraging part, especially going right. into 2023 in a year that you expect to be more competitive. One guy who's not old or young, I guess he kind of is young, Jamal Williams. Uh, he's older, I should I should say. We'll flip to yep. the offensive side here. What's Jamal, 27, 28? He's 27. 27. 28 next year. Yeah, next Jamal's a very old 27, I feel like. He's a seasoned <laughs> A seasoned twenty-seven-year-old, we'll say, <laughs> yeah. a, a mature, a mature but also a lighthearted twenty-seven-year-old. Uh, so he has a big one, of course, and I think I want to lead off the whole offensive part here before we switch over to Green Bay um, with him, because you mentioned at the top, like obviously this was a get-right game for the line and the run game in general, which included Jamal, uh, and he had a hundred and whatever he had. I think he's four yards away from a thousand now. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, that's the fifth. That would be the fifth. 1,000-yard back this franchise has had since Barry Sanders quit, Colton. Okay, wow. that's how that's how crazy that is. So Jamal wow. Williams has been the guy. And, he, you know, I, I TikToked this yesterday. He's their secret sauce. Like, Jamal Williams is the, the secret ingredient, whatever you want to call it, to the entire offense because they maintain drives, they maintain possessions by him. Campbell called it getting lathered up and just running those between-the-tackle runs, head down, getting the tough yards, which brings me to the conversation here. Like, he's coming up on a contract. I think there's going to be some some people that are probably going to be interested in him for reasons we can get into in a second here. Um, yep. The Lions love him. Like, locker room-wise, he is a huge, huge part of this. Like, uh, it's a fair conversation. What do you do with Jamal Williams with the money and everything else? I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably one of the biggest questions of the offseason because... I think so. It's becoming I, that. I, I wouldn't fault them either way they go because it, it, it's tough because you see him in the locker room and like he's electric. Guys just gravitate towards him. Um, yeah, they sit around his locker. They sit around <laughs> yeah. him. Like, the running backs just like reconvene yeah. at, at his locker yeah. and he's just kind of chilling. He doesn't even have to say anything. They just no. like to him. Exactly. Um, whenever he just walks to and from like the bathroom even, like people are stopping him on the way to say something or have right. a conversation with him. So uh, that's sort of the presence he has. And like if that's gone, you're going to feel it. Absolutely. Um, that's that's sort of the tough part because even Green Bay, like, I think they're, they they kind of miss him right now. Yeah, uh, I think like, they do. Maybe not so much the player, but like little things, you know, the man. personality, like the little yeah. things. Like Aaron Rodgers has talked about his presence and, and just him being gone. Oh, right away. Right, right when he left, they talked about yeah. how much they loved Jamal. Yeah, yeah, right. Packers fans even will like, like yep. they'll sometimes comment on like, if I write about him, they'll be like, Hey, take good care of him. Like, I miss him so much. <laughs> like, yeah, they love him. He's right, the guys. best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, if you lose that, oh, I like, know. I don't know if that's that's not easily replaced. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's not, it's going to take some time to kind of find another guy or like other like infectious personalities like that. Like, every team needs like a few of those guys. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, the question is he'll be 28, I think, next summer. Yep. Uh, so, before the start of the season, he'll be 28. It's not like he has a ton of wear and tear because he's been a backup for his right. He's know, been a shared role guy for his whole yes. life. Yeah. Um. So he doesn't have the same like mileage as you know a, a lead back, but mm-hmm. he is getting up there. And my question is more. It's I guess it's less about the lines and more about the market for him because right. if I'm a running back, if I'm him, 
and I'm coming off a thousand yard season, you know, 15 touchdowns. Like I'm trying to cash in because I, I know this position has a short shelf life. He's yep. probably got one, you know, decently long size contract left in him. Um, so if he can get a three year deal for worth, I don't know, 10 million a year, I don't know if we'll get that exactly, but yeah. maybe 8 million a year, I would try to cash out if I'm him and go to whatever team gives me the best contract because you got to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to secure the bag a little bit. So I just don't know if the Lions are going to be in a position to right. match That's that. the question. If the team yeah. offers it. Um, not that they wouldn't want to. It's just, do they, is that how they want to spend their resources, knowing that yeah. they still have Swift. He's got one more year left on his contract. They also have some draft picks in like the mid round, like second and third round, where they can probably get a running back, a young guy to replace him. So. Yeah, that could actually maybe max out some of the stuff. And I, you know, I think Jamal's one of the best gap runners in the league, but I still think you could get more out of because the line's so good, right? Like yeah. that's what we've talked They're about. Leaving some meat on the bone a little bit. A little bit. Dudes, not so. you know, not, I not think a he, lot, but yeah. Yeah, I think he gets all the yards that are there, but I think you you could make the case that a, a more explosive guy would get more. You know what I mean? Like the home run is missing with Jamal. Right. Like, Jamal's really not going to be a home run guy. and doesn't really claim to be either. But I think the no. question would be really, be, it would become, do you keep Jamal or Swift? That's what it would become, I think, in long term. Because look, for all the reasons you said, Colton, I think that there will be, I think there will be a market for him. Because I think that the for the same reason the Lions went after him. And they kind of proved this. Like, I, the old people who listen to this show uh, from the area will know what I'm talking about a little bit when I say this. Like, when the Detroit Tigers uh, hired Jim Leland, one of the first things they did was they went out and found, like, all these older guys who won games. Uh, that's it. We have a young, horrible team. Let's just find a couple guys who've been on winning teams and are, like, infectious with their attitude. But Pud Rodriguez was the guy everybody remembers, a Hall of Fame player and everything else. Jamal's not a Hall of Fame player, but he was their Pudge. He was their guy that had been, he played with Green Bay. He'd won games. He knew what it took. Um, and he was a positive, positive guy that just, and he was going to do his job no matter what. And that's the tone they wanted to set. If I am, you know, taking over like the Texans or something and trying to rebuild from nothing, I that's the guy I would go call right away. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I want you to come in here and be the, the, the shared guy with, they have a stud young running back right now. I don't forget his name right now. Damian Pierce. Pierce, yeah. I want you to be like our two with him. I want we're going to pay you. We're going to overpay you more than you're worth, uh, more than the the team that you're with that you probably prefer to stay would can wants to pay you, because we think that that's valuable. And I think that in today's NFL, I think that there will be a market for that. And you do bring up a great point. It's like you probably can move some money around because there's a lot there. I don't think you can get like drunk with it. I don't think you can like lose yourself and pay him like <laughs> something stupid. Yeah, but you could probably make yeah. the case that Jamal Williams has earned something over what he's probably worth on the just on the you know on the on the sheet, and it'll be very interesting to see where they go with that yeah. for sure. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. The Texans we'll would be a good. I think probably a couple think teams. Texans would be interesting with Pierce, but also like the Falcons. I mean, absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah, I love that. That's great. How about him there? That that'd be a good fit. Yeah, that'd be a great so, fit. How, the way they that'd run be the interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still think that he should. The Lions should find a way to bring him back. They can, and if he, if he yeah, wants I to agree. come back, I'm sure he probably doesn't want to leave. Um, I, don't even I think, think that's he fair. To Green Bay that much. I, I remember a video uh-huh. saying, "Hey, it's not. It wasn't my decision. If they wanted me, I probably would have stayed." Right, and he was like, so "The Lions took me out to dinner." On a team saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they treated me well. They wanted to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so maybe saying that for another team next year. Who knows? Right. But I still think the Lions should. 
if they can work something out that works for both sides. Yeah, I think so too. Overpaying him because a lot of his he as, as good as he's been, a lot of his touchdowns has, has have been <laughs> the result of the offense, the result of Ben Johnson punching in, well, right. it yeah. out. You don't want to make too much of that and say like that's all on him because you know it's a team game, right? But at the same time, because of what he brings to the locker room, because of how productive he is as a goal on back, short yard back, like it's worth finding a way to bring him back. Yeah, I think totally agree. Uh, we'll take a break here uh, on that point. Come back, talk about uh, the big one coming up. Season finale in Green Bay. Colton, it'll be a snow globe. It'll be a special day for you there uh, in freezing, frigid Lambeau. <laughs> Can't but wait. anyway, uh, hang on with us. We'll be right back after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, Wrap up this week's episode with uh, talking about the biggest game of the year, Colton, Lions-Packers. I don't think we would have predicted this, obviously, heading into the year, but uh, here it is. A somewhat playoff game. Reset it for the folks. Now, Colton, what has to happen for the Lions to get in uh, to the playoffs? Yeah, so because the Lions are playing Sunday night, they'll kind of determine whether they can even get in or not before then. Um, Seahawks play the Rams at 425. Um, if the Seahawks win that, the Lions are eliminated from playoff contention. So no matter what they do against Green Bay, doesn't matter. You're not making it in. Right. Um, so then it'll come down to if the Packers win that one, they're in. If the Packers lose to the Lions, the Seahawks are in. Now, I'm not so convinced that the Seahawks are going to win, as everyone says, <laughs> because Baker, I have seen him ruin the Lions' like draft pick like twice already with that Raiders game. Yeah, the Nickelodeon uh, the game. Broncos. They just, 
they kicked the shit out of the Broncos. So, um, with that being said, like I would not be surprised if that happened to the Seahawks. Is Baker, you know, yeah, he's tough. He's he's trying to he's trying he's not to quitting. He can still play in the league a little bit. He's not no. quitting, and he's going to play hard. Yeah. Probably more than like Walford or someone else would have. Yeah, more than he um, probably needs so, to. <laughs> right. Yes. So, uh, if if he somehow the Baker Mayfield led Rams upset the the Seahawks. That will make Sunday night's game a true winning right. year-end game. So, winner of that one is going to the playoffs. At this point, it seems like they'll probably be playing the 49ers, <laughs> I think. They're pretty – they're getting towards locking up the two seed. Yeah, that seems so right. So, that would be a tough matchup. It's not – Yeah, that would be hard. Rather see the, that would be hard. Yeah, I think you'd rather <laughs> – These two NFC North teams, <laughs> yeah. like, competing, like, they'd rather play Minnesota yes. and they're, like, negative point differential. <laughs> um, but <laughs> at the Take same what time, you can get uh, at this point, right? <laughs> Take what you can get. Yeah. Um, so big game either way, though. Like we said, like yes. these dudes, they want to beat Aaron Rodgers. They want to be able to say that, like, we knocked him out of the playoffs or or, or we, we beat him to go exactly. to the playoffs ourselves. Yeah. Like, either way, Campbell said it best. We're either playing spoiler or playing for a spot in. Yeah. So that's mentality. If you think otherwise, you're wrong. Like, they're trying to win this game. They're not going to bench like Jared Goff if the Seahawks win. No. Like, that's not no. going to happen. They're going to go out there. And they're going to try to win a Sunday night game with the world watching. I would say budget your uh, drinking uh, during that uh, Seahawks game, right? <laughs> so you you don't want to be a, the most watched game. Yeah, the you don't market, you don't want to uh, be the, you don't want to be like blackout drunk when like the actual game starts or like on the verge of not remembering what's going on. As someone who, <laughs> if I can remember back to um, the go to work Pistons where I was like 21 around that time when they were like, mm-hmm. I, Colton, I barely remember game seven, the year that they lost to the Spurs, like, because, uh, you know, I got too rowdy too early. <laughs> so I'm just saying yeah. to all the people out there, I, you know, I remember the end of it. Pace yourself, I don't, you know. I don't remember the beginning. So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta pace yourself throughout the day because this is, uh, uh, yes. I mean, they're going to take it as a playoff game. We said that at the top, Campbell has completely, um, you know, as he should, overplayed almost. And you can't really overplay a game like this, I guess, to a degree, because it's like, I want them to test themselves. That's the ultimate thing, right? He said it. I want to find out, really. And that's mm-hmm. the best. This is the best possible scenario for them to be in after the end of two years. I mean, like, so, realistically, right? This is the best, yeah. because you're going to really find out, like you said, or like he said, you know, we're going to throw Derek Barnes into the suit, into the hottest end and see what happens if you're here you're here if you're not you're not iffy let's see yeah. it everything else that has happened from here to today doesn't matter okuda we haven't talked about him yet dude's been benched but you better believe yeah. he's gonna get it you know he'll get an opportunity in this game absolutely he's gonna get opportunity every guy that they think they can count on or they want to know about is getting a chance to show them right now and like for coaches this is what they do it for this is like foaming at the mouth time like we're gonna find and Holmes and and Ray Agnew and the evaluators too like this is where we find out there's no bullshit there's no lying and hiding anymore like nothing it's it right here when you lay it on the line right like these are the games where you find out who can play football and who pretends to (laughs) I guess for lack of a better phrase like and I think that you know to have one of these is a huge huge deal for them right now huge deal yeah no it's all hands on deck this week and Campbell was saying even after the game Sunday, like this is this is special. Like yep. you don't get this often. Yep. This is th- these guys need to get used to, to playing in games like this. What more could you want? Mm-hmm. Going to Lambeau, playing Aaron Rodgers. I had some Lions fans respond to like me tweeting out his quote saying, 
I can think of a few things I'd want before playing that dude. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But the players and coaches don't think about that. No. Like they yeah. want the best of the competition. They want to say, this dude's been running this division for a decade plus. Like, let's try to stop him mm-hmm. now towards the tail end of his career. Um, let's stop him from getting the playoffs. Let's show the world that we're a changed team, right. that our, our turnaround show that him. people have been watching from right. far. Apparently. Show him. <laughs> I bet there's so many like national media still that uh you know, they still make the kneecap jokes sure. and whatnot. They don't they haven't really been paying attention. They see the, the record, they see the winds climbing up the standings a little bit. I think that's um, why McAfee got hot this team. Adam, because he was like I was the only one he was, that he was, was in on them yeah. early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was acting like a child. Yeah, right. That was but, dumb. Um, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. But like honestly, like I, I still think like this game and what it can do for changing the narrative oh, of man. this franchise and where you're going and just putting that on display. Because they already think that they're on the right trajectory, but right. showing that um, Sunday night in the last regular season game of the season, like that's that's that is pretty special. And whether the playoffs are you know part of that equation or not, they don't really care. They really don't. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. They're gonna go out and they're gonna play hard. They're gonna try to win this one. Um, for so many reasons, like they have a chance to triple their 2021 win total. Yeah. That's oh, insane. God, yeah, I know. I did not expect <laughs> no. them to come anywhere close to that. I thought doubling it would be a nice season for them. No, and having a chance to get in the playoffs, yeah, they a chance to get to nine, right? Like that, yeah, nine wins, crazy, a, a, a potential playoff spot. Like, what are we talking about here? That's insane turnaround. Like, it's already a successful season, but they have a chance to end with the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what more could you ask for? And I think that you said it there too. Um, and Holmes is Brad Holmes has said this a few times. Quietly uh, throughout the first two years, it's part of the reason why they did hard knocks was they wanted the league to see their culture. They wanted the league to see, they yep. wanted prospective free agents to see um, what they're about. Um, and this is going to be a big off season. We've talked about this. This is not going to be a year where they just sit there and not do anything. I think they're going to spend some money this time. I don't know if it'll be, you know, break the bank, but I think they'll, you know, they've spent some money prior to, they've extended guys, but I mean, I think they're going to go out and shop a little bit here more than they have. And like Colton just said, with the world watching, that includes the NFL because this is a Sunday night game. The guys are, everybody who's played is at home now at this point, unless you're on the road or on a plane, Mm -hmm. but you're watching the thing. You're everybody watches this game. Like, I mean, that's, that's what's going to happen here. And you're going to get, uh, what is it? Collinsworth and is it Tarico? On there now? I don't even know Tariqo, who's on there. Yeah. You're going to get, well, Tarico, for sure, he's from around here. He knows. You're going to get three and a half hours or four hours of those guys talking about how great Dan Campbell is and how awesome the culture is and how terrific Brad Holmes' eye for talent is and how great of an environment this is for learning and all that. And it's going to attract free agents. Like that, whether they win or lose the game, <laughs> that's the ultimate like long-term payoff. It'll get them in the door. I think it'll help get them in the door with some guys, some guys that are like we talked about guys. People were surprised when DJ Chark signed this offseason because he had options and DJ was at a larger. He was at a at a higher level of free agent than they were probably capable of signing the first year. My point is that they'll be able to sign and get into the door with guys higher than DJ. And I think DJ's a nice player, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that's the Mm -hmm. conversation that. Uh, we're talking about here, like you. If there's some young guys on the market, I think you'll be able to get them in here for for a visit, and yep. that's a big deal. You know, that's a really big deal. Between hard knocks, um, which obviously put this coaching staff on display, 
um, the culture that they're building even before the season. Which, by the way, if you go back and look at a lot of those elements from Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. they've all aged incredibly Every well. one of them. Like, I kind of want to do a rewatch. <laughs> yeah, and that's see, actually a good idea. From Jamal, Jamal's speech about that, to yeah. <laughs> Campbell saying, like, I want – I think he says verbatim, like, by by week eight, by week nine, like, I want you, I want you guys to still – You'll be fighting, and this is what we're doing now is going to prepare you for that. That's when the turnaround happened, right, guys. man? Yeah, like week eight, week nine. That was when they started winning. <laughs> so, uh, but between hard knocks, we talked about the Thanksgiving game and what that could do um, when they were kind of like mm-hmm. still early yep. in this process, the turnaround. They played well against the Bills. Some people, you know, that caught their attention. Right. Um, and this is just another step in that process, like a Sunday night game in Green Bay to take down Aaron Rodgers. If you go out there and you win this one. People are going to pay attention. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, they'll pay attention for sure. And it's a winnable game. And I think that that's the ultimate thing. I mean, people saw that game the first time. It was 15-9. Rodgers didn't play well. But also, I think the Lions did play well. And, you know, Campbell mentioned it yesterday. that Green Bay's running the ball better. Uh, They fixed a lot of some of the things that have woed them. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is playing that much better. (laughs) I don't think he's exactly lighting it up yet. Uh, this is a winnable game, and it's a it's going to be a cool atmosphere. I don't know. Is there going to be snow, Colton? I don't think there's supposed to be snow, but it's going to be I cold. Not. Yeah, <laughs> you're already the travel situation's already been thrown for a loop enough. Hopefully, you Whew. get in and out. This is your first trip to Lambeau, so it is. And I had to book an early flight because I wasn't sure if that game's going to be Saturday at right. four. The flex. Or not. Yeah. So I had to book like a I don't know, like a ten thirty flight <laughs> in, and now it's Sunday night, so I have a full day in Green Bay, and there's. Not much out there, so I'll probably just I'll post up somewhere and, and watch some football. Yeah, because it's going to be freezing cold yeah. too, so you probably can't exactly <laughs> yeah. wander around. But in any event, day. the game itself will be cool. This will be like as far as NFL atmospheres yes. go. This is as cool as it gets. Campbell's not wrong about that. I'm excited. This will be like this will be college-y. This is like well, Green Bay is always like a college-y place anyway. Like the fans love the team so much. But yeah, this will be a cool mm-hmm. deal for everybody involved. Obviously, we'll be here to break it all down. Colton's got a boogie to uh, to practice here, so we're going to wrap this up. You got anything else to add uh, this week, Colton, before we take off? No, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say to all, all the listeners out there, thank you for Absolutely, all the yeah. season. Um, it's been a really good year, like my first year on the beat. Um, appreciate all you guys interacting with us on Twitter and the comment section. I try to reply to you guys. So, I mean, it's it's been an awesome first year for me to kind of experience Lions football and the NFL. So. Appreciate all you guys that followed along this year. Well said. Uh, we thought we would be doing draft stuff, knee deep in it right now. By now, we're not. Like late October. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's coming. Not yet. Along the way. But in any event, uh, that'll do it for this week. For Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week, win or lose, to talk about the Lions. Thanks so much. <laughs>